Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Struzinski, and thanks so much for joining us on episode number 14 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. On this episode, we have the pleasure of welcoming Kevin Martin, one of poker's premier Twitch streamers, the newly unretired Kevin, is now a proud member of the GG Squad. We'll be talking plenty about that, as well as Kevin's success at the felt and a bit of personal stuff to get to know him a little better. Kevin, welcome to Cards Chat. I'm really happy to be speaking with you. Hey, it's nice to be on Cards Chat. The friendliest, was that, what was the tagline there? The friendliest podcast in the internet? Or? The friendliest poker podcast in town. Friendliest poker podcast. I like it. I like it. Welcome, Cards Chat. Good to see you guys. Uh, Robbie, thanks for having me on. Robbie and I have interacted on Twitter for, for years, but have never actually talked. Um, so it's nice to be on here. I'm sure we'll have a, a fun chat about a a surplus of topics and, and, and ideas right now in the poker world. Well, you speak the truth. And when it comes to friendly podcasts, you can't really do much better than a Canadian. So we appreciate you coming to us from Calgary, right? Calgary, Alberta. Yeah, I was just shoveling snow outside uh, legitimately very recently. It's winter here. So it's a great time to, to lock down, Twitch stream, play some cards online and uh and hibernate until the sun comes out in the spring once again but yes we're coming you coming to you from uh beautiful calgary alberta one of the most livable cities in the world actually and that's not just me i i think calgary is one of the top cities in the world and then the other day i was doing some google searching and consistently on these top 10 cities in the world list calgary's popped up over and over again so uh i'm a very proud calgarian indeed Love it. I absolutely love it. And already it makes me want to go and visit the city. Maybe not in the winter so much, but definitely wants to go and visit that city. Um, So let's jump right into it. Uh, We have three sort of major categories of of questions we'll be asking you today. We'll start with uh, streamer Kevin. So uh, after a brief uh, retirement, you're back streaming on Twitch. Now you're with GG Poker. You're in the GG squad of streamers and, and content creators. So how did that come about? And how much are you enjoying being back in the Twitch streets? Yeah, it's nice. Oh my goodness, we could start. We could start in so many. Let's let's go back a little bit. Let's go back okay. to the origins because uh, streaming poker on Twitch is still a little bit of a fetus. It's a healthy fetus. It's going to make it. It's going to grow into a great life. But it's still very new. And uh, I was one of the early adapters because in 2015, Robbie, if you loaded up a Twitch stream and played poker, your account would get banned. Right. It was against terms of services. You could not gamble. You could not play cards on Twitch. And then that was in development. That was changing. In about 2015, that was going to get reversed. And my buddy, Jamie Staples, told me, he's like, man, this is going to be huge. This platform Twitch, you got to get on it. You got to get on it. And I was like, what? What? Twitch? Man, I think, I mean, Jamie, Jamie is a hype man. And he, he brought up all these ideas, some which lived up to the hype and many which did not. So I thought maybe this might be another hype idea. At the time, I was playing live poker. I was 21 years old. I was playing one to no limit. The dream here in Calgary, Alberta, actually. It's a couple of 24-7 card rooms here. I would play about 50 hours a week. Small winner. I was making about $20 an hour. That was my full-time income. I'm like, this is the life, man. I'm playing No Limit Hold'em for a living, $20 an hour. Those are Why Canadian do dollars too, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what is that? $4 US or something. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, so my buddy Jamie told me Twitch was going to be big. I was like, eh, meh, meh. Sure enough, he started his Twitch stream 2015 as soon as it was allowed. He was one of the originals to put out good content from his parents' basement, actually. And uh, he blew up. And within one year, he had a massive following, massive success, got signed to PokerStars, blew up. And I was like, wow, this is, this is no joke. The, right. He was, he was right. And so uh, I was right behind him. I was an early adopter and we just kind of, we just kind of went for it back in 2016. It's playing like $10 tournaments on the internet, really no skill. I really had never studied tournament poker. I'd really never played tournament poker, but I was like, why not show this journey on Twitch? So we just loaded up tournaments. We streamed to Twitch. We made mistakes. We learned. And then we had this massive, uh, growth spurt in, in my poker ability yep. because I was tired of losing, man. That's what I went live <laughs> and I was playing and everyone's like, wow, this kid sucks. And I did, I did, I did, I did very, very badly. And I said, screw that. I don't want to suck anymore. Went out, sought out some resources, some good study content, really dedicated myself. And then yeah, grinded it out, became a winning player, nothing crazy. And then um, yeah, have had a pretty successful Twitch career. I'm pretty blessed. A lot of people have supported me and then, man, we could go last year. I hung it up, dude. I was burnt out last year. I, I, I took off a healthy amount of time in 2019. Right. I mean, 2019 was rough for me. I had some unfortunate family members pass away a couple of like back to back, which was really brutal. I had a tough time dealing with that. Then at the time I kind of plateaued a little bit and then all mixed together. I was like, damn, I need a break. You know, I've been streaming and playing poker full time for four years, going very hard in the paint. It's like, I need a break. And so I took nine months off where I basically didn't, didn't play cards or stream. And then uh, that was a, in pandemic times, just this last year. Right. And I got my fighting spirit back like a Yu-Gi-Oh character refilling the mana or something or some sort of Pokemon being restored at the local HP center. Right. I got my fighting spirit back. We've come back with some big goals, maybe slightly delusional, but some big goals. And uh, it's nice to be back in the streets, dude. And it's been a really good 2020 from the streaming standpoint. It's interesting. The world is in kind of a, a bit of a pain sense right now. Um, but for a lot of poker players and streamers, it's like, ah, they kind of just want to stay at home and play cards anyway. So a lot of people have taken advantage. And then here we are, a couple months left in 2020 and some big things happening. Yep, absolutely. And, and I got to say, uh, off the air, just before we started, I was saying how you're one of my top favorite Calgarians uh, after Brett and Owen Hart. You know, I just it's what you were saying sort of remind me of something, you know, the famous rival of Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. I don't know if anyone's a, a wrestling fan out there. He had to search for his smile. So it sounds like you sort of had to go through a similar process, step away for a bit. And then yeah. you, know, you come back and, and get those juices flowing and, and have that passion one, once more. So that's a beautiful yeah. thing. A lot of it had to deal with context and, and, you know, uh, if you live a blessed life and I was living a blessed life in my early twenties, I was streaming and playing poker full time. That is, that is a blessing. Not many people get to do that right. and to, uh, to kind of create content like that. But when you get trapped in your own little world, then you don't get any context. You kind of lose sight of how cool it is. For example, if you eat a beautiful medium rare steak, every night, yeah. suddenly that treat becomes less and less succulent. It's like, oh man, I'm kind of sick of this. Right. So, uh, and then, so yeah, during that nine months off, I went and worked a part-time job. 
which was a good job. It was a fine job. But after nine months, I'm like, man, I'm going back to playing poker, man. That's I don't want this anymore. I got to listen to somebody else. I got to be here at 9 a.m. I can't take days off. Sure. I don't get to, you know, have 50K days potentially or whatever. I was like, I'm going back to streaming poker. So it was the nine months off was like really a good way to recalibrate my brain and get some fire back. And then, yeah, I've come back and then uh, I've got some big things happening, you know, this year and then some longer term goals as well, which is really exciting. I love it. I remember when you retired, at least publicly, uh, you made the announcement. You said, you, you know, you had accomplished the goal, which was mm-hmm. to become a winning player and yeah. to entertain people. So now you're back. What's back. the new goal? The goal, Robbie, is to become a cold-blooded killer. So (laughs) (laughs) my poker career is good. I'm 27 right now. I started when I was 21. The last six years, I thankfully have, have, you know, done very well in, you know, the live cash game scene. That was my full-time living. Crushed it. The live tournament scene crushed it. Some of my best results. Online, small winner. I'm up. Nothing crazy. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that as well. So, I, in my opinion, I've had a good poker career. Right. But now it's time to become elite. I think I have it in me. And I've set out a plan. I've hired a high-tier coach, super sicko. Yep. He's very expensive, but I went for him, man. I was like, I'm just going to hire this guy. So we've been working, uh, you know, every two weeks we've been going through shit. Uh, excuse me. I don't know if I can say that on the chat. Uh, chat. You can say it. Some uh, people just won't listen to it. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I've I've hired a, a really sick guy because I'm, I'm good, right? I'm, I'm I'm okay, but how do I get to the sickest level? You know, how do I get right. to a point where I can fire some high rollers and actually smash these online games? And it's a big, big process. It's a big, sure. big, big process. So I've rededicated myself. Big study schedule. You know, I, sometimes I don't make it, but ten hours a week of studying poker theory. Um, for years, 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 it was all about I studied exploitative play, and that's. Highly what I recommend for most people. That's most of the training content out there for most players, amateurs, or even pros is just how to exploit the players you're playing against. What are their weaknesses and how to exploit the most money out of it? But now the leap that I'm trying to take is into GTO land. And that's a big, that's a big leap of, uh, you know, there's been many hours where I've just been kind of losing my mind trying to understand these solvers and really gotten into solver land. It's a hot ticket in the poker world. And again, a very intimidating program like PO solver, but we're doing it, man. We're smashing forward and there's going to be a learning progress. This is like, this is like changing, do golf or play basketball. This is like changing your shot, basically, yeah, is what I say. Sure. This is changing your golf swing. I studied to play poker a certain way for years, and now I'm trying to go back and recalibrate all that. I'm changing mm-hmm. my golf swing. And there, there's going to be some growing pains. There's some hands I've punted really bad recently, but we're out in the streets trying to apply this new poker theory. And yeah, I got some big goals, man. If I can really focus for the next couple of years, I think I can become an elite, elite tournament player. And hopefully that's going to happen. I love it. And you said, you know, it's costing a pretty penny, but it's not really a cost. You know, we all know that it's an investment and uh, mm-hmm. we will be talking a little bit more about the, the coaching aspect and the studying aspect a little bit later. Um, I do want to ask you, though, as far as what you have done until now, you've kind of run the gamut of stream teams. You've worked with stars, you've worked with party. Now you're with GG. Uh, and of course, GG has been really, 
Oh, you know, yeah, you know, not everyone can say they've worked with everyone. And you know, quite the a triple crown, baby, the triple crown, man, it's the, best. the triple crown. Yeah, and some people, when I announced my recent sponsorship, there's some uh, haters on the internet. They're like, you're a bit of a sleazy. You're jumping from sponsorship to sponsorship. <laughs> All right, man. I've had a six-year career. This is my third sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, sometimes these relationships pass on a little bit faster. But yeah, I worked with Stars for years, man. And Stars mm-hmm. was the king. There's, they're still, I believe, the biggest poker site, even though it's really close now. You yeah. know, Stars was, was, was the, the big boy on the block for a long time. And you know, it's really nice, though. You know, party's still doing some good things. The coin haven't had the come up that I think they were expecting. Right. Um, they're doing a lot of good things. They haven't had that little bit of pop that maybe they were hoping for. Um, but GG, man, you can see the sign beside me here. Look at that. Beautiful. Yeah, sweet. Um, Love it. It's custom made, yeah? Yeah. So during my nine-month absence where I took off, I was still keeping a pulse on the, the poker world. Sure. And all of a sudden, GG just started crushing the improvement mm-hmm. to the software, the staking platform. Like they just really – I've never seen a product improve faster. Than mm-hmm. Gigi has the last year and a half. It's not perfect. There's still a lot of things to go, but the ability of like the software team to implement these new changes that are far beyond everything else. I was like, man, this this team is sick. And then just this last year, there was the World Series of Poker going on. I was like, I want to do this. And then yep. we collaborated. We did really well. They're 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 a fiery company. You know, they're yep. they're obviously massively successful. I think they're going to be number one. I believe they're going to overtake stars, but it's good to have a battle for many years. There wasn't a battle. It was stars was number one. I'm not going to say monopoly, but they were by far the biggest competitor, but it's nice to have another heavyweight in the ring. And uh, it's a, it's a sick brand to be attached to. So I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of them. I'm really happy to be collabing with them. And I think we help each other a lot. Well, and competition, of course, is always good uh, from the player's perspective. You know, we always mm-hmm. uh, gain from something like that. You do, you do have that very unique and interesting perspective, though, of having worked with multiple brands. I'm wondering, maybe you could sort of attest in some way or, or share with us maybe like the different visions that each of these brands sort of has, not just for online poker, but as far as poker streamers and how they wish to use them to, to amplify the brand. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean, it's been a couple years since I've been with Stars, and my my stint with Party was sh- was short, sweet, but very short. Um, I mean, was, with with Twitch is an interesting platform that's still in its its infancy, of course. And got to give a shout out to to Poker Stars. Their streamers are the three biggest streamers right now. Are the three biggest poker streamers that stream regularly are all Poker Stars. You got Lex, who is number one. By far, no one's had his numbers ever. I, he's he's amazing. He plays the highest stakes. Uh, you know, very relatable, and his production quality is top notch. He's by far number one. And he, he wins everything. Fin- What's that? <laughs> and he wins everything, right? <laughs> he, he crushes. He, he smashes some kids as well. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you got Finn and Spraggy. So sure. like the three top spots in the in the poker streaming category are those guys. So they've done something very, very, very correct indeed. Um, but the GG squad, dude, is sick. The team we put together is like really cool. You know, there's six of us in the GG squad headed by myself. There's, there's a, you know, some other fantastic streamers. I'm really happy with the crew that we've put together. So it's, it's, it's a nice to have this young crew kind of maybe rise up and do some damage here. But uh, Team Stars is still the, the cream of the crop in the Twitch poker world by, by quite, quite a, a separation margin. 
Sure. Well, I, mean, I know one of the things you said, you know, GG, they're constantly improving their product. Um, one of the things everyone has started to really get into and love, they have some cool avatars. Uh, I'm sure uh, it's got to be cool to have your own avatar on GG, right? Yeah, dude, for, yeah. for sure. They didn't get the updated. I'm trying to get the mustache update coming out. <laughs> that has yet to be. That's still in the works, I guess. That hasn't made it through, but yeah, man, I, in terms of visually of the visual product, GG right. is, is, is unbelievable. So it's going to be an, an interesting story to follow in, you know, this year, the next year, the next three years of like, you know, which site really rises up to number one, because I follow the numbers pretty closely. Right. GG's concurrence is equal to the stars and even surpassing them recently. It's like, yep. We got a we got a dogfight in our hands, which is great for everybody. If, right. if these companies need to be held responsible to put out the best product, the lowest rake, the best tournament series, that's a just a win win for everybody across the board. Absolutely. I mean, do you think we'll see uh, some Kevin Martin emojis like uh, we've got for Elky and Dnex? Yeah, we got the Daniel. I, I mean, I, I would love it. <laughs> I, I just got to recognize my own, you know place in the stepping order there's there's there are a couple more ahead of me there's a couple more but maybe in a you know maybe six months we can get some kmart emojis that would would be great that would be perfect cool yeah well you you uh of course you give the big shout out to lex to jamie yourself you know Mm. the guys with like the massive followings the names in twitch streaming obviously it takes a lot of effort to get to that level and you know, like a lot of things, early adopters, they reap the benefits. So you guys yeah. certainly were in the right place at the right time you put in that effort. But I don't think it's impossible to grow an audience, even if you're just recently starting. Um, <laughs> maybe you could point to or give us some tips for any streamers or potential streamers out there of things that they could do to grow their audiences. Yeah. So uh, it's a good point. A lot of people say, well, you got on the platform first. That's why you grew a big audience. That's not correct. There's dozens and dozens of people who got on the platform at the same time I did, and they're doing something else. It's just a, it's a savage job. It's a, it really is a savage job. Long hours. So if I do it an eight-hour Twitch stream, there's an hour of prep before. There's an hour of chilling after. I'm dedicating about seven to ten hours a week on stream improvements, working on emotes, working on overlays, like to, 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 to do well in poker, to stream and to have a functional life. It's, it's an interesting balance that a lot of people <laughs> don't succeed at. So, you know, people will say, Oh, you've built a big following. Well, yeah, a lot of poker players, even big brand names have tried to do it on Twitch and they've just hated it. They've given up. It can be a thankless job at time. Number one, you got to learn, you got to have a thick skin. You just can't care what people say on the internet because you will get attacked relentlessly, especially in poker where the number of backseat drivers seems to <laughs> be quite large. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about uh, poker viewers on the internet. They always seem to have the answers. Right. Even if you you can get in pocket jacks for 12 big blinds and somebody will think you, you should have folded. You know what I mean? It's like, so you just, you got it. You got to have it because it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> You got to have an iron thick skin. My experience on Big Brother really helped me with that to be like, really not care about what people said, uh, what people say. And then, yeah, if you want to grow, it's still wide open. The market is not saturated at all. If you work on your craft, if you get good at poker, if you play decent stakes, if you put out a show, and by put out a show, I mean a lot of people are on Twitch poker. I could load up. We could look at it right now. If I go, I'll go grab 20 streams, right. about 19 of them, people are sitting there just playing poker. That's not going to do it. 
Mm-hmm. If you want to grow an audience, you got to put on a show. You right. got to have some storytelling involved. You got to get people to buy into your personality and really want to be there every day. You know, I, I get frustrated because there's so much potential. I, sometimes on, at night, I'll go through random poker streams and, you know, I'm not the guy who has all the answers, but I have a few of them. I've been in the industry for a while mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, if, if this guy just did this, I think you'd have more success. And yeah, you're not going to turn on the camera, just play cards and have success. You got to, you got to put out a story. Twitch streaming is storytelling. Why are people there? You know, I like it. Is that something that you discuss with your GG squad teammates? Like how to sort of like, you know, strategize and mutually improve each other's uh, entertaining streams? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's, it's really nice to have a team. And that's again, why team poker stars has had a little bit of successes. They share the audience really well and, mm-hmm. and having a team collaborate, making your content better and better is, is, is really key. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I got some, I got some eyes on some streamers that have just popped up recently that I think could have a chance to, to, to do really well. And, and in general, the whole, the whole poker, I mean, one of the reasons I came back was because I, again, I looked at the numbers. So back in 2017, mm-hmm. if you load up Twitch poker, you would have about 15 to 20 streams on about 20 streams on average this year, 80, it's almost wow. tripled. Wow. The number of streams and the number of concurrent viewers has doubled. So more people are on that platform than ever. And that was partly due to the pandemic. You know, poker experienced a little bit of a boom there uh, with everybody being locked up at home. And that was That's another true. reason that led to me coming back is because, you know, credit that a lot of that goes to like Lex Feldhaus, who has built up the category a lot and stuff. But uh, yeah, man, Twitch poker is going to be here for a long time. And it's, it's my game plan for the next five years. Interesting. I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this one question. It's a, a little bit of a toughie. Twitch Bro. has has been clamping down a little bit on the copyright music issue as of late. Has that impacted you in what way? And maybe you can sort of see any type of resolution down the road? Yeah, the, the DMCAs, man. I got whacked with an official strike, not only a warning. I got an official strike against my channel. I'm like, no. Uh, I had to go through my, all my old content and just wipe everything. I went through all my favorite clips. I saved about like 30 clips that really made me smile to remember some times. And it, it was kind of fun to watch. It was like, oh, yeah, 2017. Right. I was in this Airbnb playing these tournaments. I just had to – it was fun to recall them all. But I wiped all my content. If you're, if you're a poker content producer – no copyright music at all. Just don't do it because yep. you'll get whacked with a couple of strikes. And it'd be really interesting to see the next couple of years. Because back, back, I mean, from the infancy when I first started, you could play Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus. It's like just what everybody did, man. You just rocked right. out to these, these licensed songs. But that is a thing of the past. That is mm. no more. So do you think that there's going to be, I mean, like you said, in the whole industry in a way the twitch streaming is still in its infancy there's so much room for growth you know when you have long established industries you have your rules and in a certain way it's not i don't know if it's the wild west anymore but it's still like we're figuring this out in a big way do you feel like there may be some sort of resolution that allows in the future you know streamers or at least maybe the bigger streamers to like okay there's certain you know depository repository of music that you will be able to use is that you think that could happen i hope so i hope so i'm not the guy with those answers but i think the guys from twitch should meet the music guys and the music guys i don't know a lot about the music industry they sound a little snobby though you know what i mean (laughs) get them together make a solution because you know why why couldn't we play those songs you know there could be some sort of you know 
the thing is, because if I broadcast a, so- a song to a thousand viewers, the music industry is, is mad because they don't get the credit for that song play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If there was some sort of system so that could monitor, hey, this streamer played your song to a thousand audience, that counts as like 50 plays or something. There's right. got to be something. You know, this, there seems like some harder problems in the world going on than this. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it would be nice if they could solve it. Hopefully. Well, in poker, we say it's important to shift gears. So we're going to shift from Kevin, the streamer to Kevin, the poker player, a slight shift. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you're not just well known for your stream and for playing online. You mentioned you had, you know, some really good live results. You kind of crushed it uh, specifically in 2018, 2019. So before I even ask the first question here, just for the benefit of the audience, if you don't have the hand and mob results in front of you, I'm going to read off a string of results from that time, from this 18-month period. Second place at the PCA January 2018 for 36K. First place, the Calgary Classic main event in June 2018, 27K. First place, Silver Buckle uh, Calgary, July 2018, 18K. First place in the summer superstar. I hope you're smiling, man. You should be smiling. I am, dude. That's fun. Let's relive all this. <laughs> uh, August 18th, the summer super stack, 1500 main event. First place, 38K. A 48K score in October. Run it up, Reno, $600 main event. Second place, uh, winner of the DSPT Calgary $360 event, November 2018. Another 17K. And the last one I've got here. First place, Great Canadian Freeze Out Calgary 760 main event in February 2019 for 35K. First of all, that is ridiculous. I don't normally just read a string of results, but like that's amazing. That's half over half a dozen firsts and runner-up finishes in low buy-in events. So the fields are huge. Can you explain what on earth happened during that year plus of running? Dude. It was fire, man. It was fire. That was crazy. That year and a half, while it was going on, that run, I was like, this is the best thing ever. I was like, please never <laughs> let this end. And then, I mean, there's a, I, there's a, there's a couple more you missed in there as well oh, that okay. were significant, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> that year and a half, I mean, without being humble, it was crazy to go on a nice, because again, I'd been working on my game a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot. And then in these live events, it was the perfect combination. First of all, I literally ran like God. My card distribution, every time there was a key flip deep in a tournament, I just binked it. It was really magical. It was a a real up 1% of run good. But then on the other side of that, I had all that work. I'd worked so hard, and then I was playing with the utmost confidence. I was really crushing people. This was a nice – that year and a half, man, it was crazy. (laughs) I mean, I had 60 – I have the graph. I always keep careful results of these things. I had 60K in buy-ins. And I almost cashed for 400 grand off of 60,000 buy-ins. So that year and a half, we were up like 330K in just live events. Right. Uh, It was really, really, really special. Does it then? Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, my my girlfriend, every time I made one of those final tables, my girlfriend uh, Peely would come and watch me and support me. And it was... It was just a crazy run, Robbie. It was really, really good just to build these chip leads and to just, you know, do some work. So that was nice. That was really, really, really cool. That was one of that is that I mean, that run that I created in that time frame is my favorite memory in poker uh, for sure up to this date. I love it. Did you, well, again, I love that you're also sort of cognizant of the run good. You're not like, okay, I'm the king of the world. I'm invincible. I do wonder, though, you know, even with all of that, your recognition of it, knowing also that you studied, did that affect 
your decision making at all during a game? You'd ever say to yourself, you know, I'm just running so damn good. I know I'm a slight underdog here, but let's go for it. Did that ever happen? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You try, you, I just tried to play like a savage in every decision. Just every, every, the way I play poker is every single decision. How can I optimize it to give myself the most EV, which mm-hmm. is going to give me the most chips, which is going to give me the better tournament placement, which is going to give me more money. Um, so, yeah, I try to play every, you know, we're emotional creatures and it's mm-hmm. tough, but uh, the stuff, uh, so I, 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 I work with a, a really awesome guy. I cannot give this guy enough credit. You might have heard of him in the poker world. His name is Elliot Rowe. Oh, yeah, he, sure. Uh, I got to give him some props because this story, again, is incredible. You know, I'm 27 right now. I have had an amazing 20s, dude. I've had it. A, 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 if you went to 18-year-old Kevin and you said, kid, the next nine of your life, next nine years of your life is going to include playing poker full time, streaming full time, getting sponsored by major companies, going on Big Brother twice and winning one of those times, having an awesome relationship with the love of your life, da, 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 traveling to the PCA, going to Vegas, playing the main event, doing this, doing this. Man, I'm so, so blessed. And a lot of this came from my work with Elliot, he was a starting focal point. So when I was 21 years old, I was streaming on Twitch. I sucked. I had no confidence. My net worth was almost zero. I had no money. I had, I had a feeling like I had some potential, but I didn't know what to do. And somehow I got in touch with this guy, Elliot Rowe. And that's when Elliot Rowe was just starting his career. So Elliot Rowe is an elite life coach, mental coach. He works with high level UFC fighters, prepping them for fights. He works with some of the best poker players in the world, including Fedor Holtz, right. you know, and other crushers. So I got in touch with this guy and uh, he started working with me and, and he told me, he's like, Kevin, you're 21 right now. I know you don't got a lot going on. Listen to me. He's like, you are extremely talented. If you listen to me and do A, B, C, and D, he's like, you are going to have an amazing career. I promise you. You just got to listen to me. He instantly put me on an intense study plan. He's like, you suck at poker. You're not going to suck at poker anymore. You are going to study poker eight hours a week, and you are not going to miss it. It is your part-time job. So I did that for four months. Got much better. Started winning online. Went on that crazy run. Other things, health, sleep, fitness. He's like, you need to optimize these because all the successful people in the world, they optimize these things. Sure. That's what they do. And then, you know, I've, I've had an amazing run, and then I still work with him to this day. We have a call once a month. He calls, how's your life going? What are you doing? Where are your leaks? What are you doing? Da, 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 da. We go over everything. He's amazing. He's the sickest. So I got to give him uh, a little bit of love. Elliot Rowe is the best of the best for sure. I've met him as well. He's certainly a wonderful guy. I haven't worked with him, but just having spoken with him a few times, definitely, uh, you know, he, he fits his billing. Uh, absolutely. And I love that you give the shout out where it's due. Uh, good for you for, for giving the appropriate credit. Um, mm-hmm. Did he give you some sort of secret sauce, though, to put in those burgers that you're just got like ridiculous dominant home court advantage in Calgary? I feel like every tournament you play there, you just bink. <laughs> Speaking of what, there's another one coming up right away. I'm super excited because live poker got paused. Um, so the the last tournament, live tournament I ever played was August 2019. I got third in a, in a Calgary main event. And there's a Calgary main event coming up. I'm super excited to see the community. The Calgary, the Calgary community is really cool, you know. And there's a lot of people. There's a, So during this crazy run, um, you know, people were really excited for my first win. People were like, congrats. You know, they're excited for my second win. And they're excited for my third win. 
But then when I won tournament number four, five, and six, it's like, okay, we're no longer excited for you. <laughs> I became, I became uh, you know, and I, I understand it as well. I was 23 at the time, a little bit of arrogance, you know, a little bit of arrogance for sure. I'm on this massive run. I'm smashing everybody. I'm running well. I understand. I'm, I became a, a, an almost villain type character in right. a lot of people's minds. You know what I mean? And, well, the end boss at the end of the game, you got to beat him. What's right? that? It's like the boss at the end of the game. You got to beat him. Yeah. One of the, one of the, one of the cringiest, one of the cringiest moments, uh, very cringy. And I apologize for the soon after we're at a final, t- I got to tell this story, dude. Go we're at a final it. table. We're at a final table in Calgary. I got a big chip lead, a lot of money up top playing with a lot of confidence. There's a crazy hand. This guy raises the turn. I call with the nut flush dries high. I check the river and nut flush draw bricks and he bombs it big. He almost bets pot. I have ace high on a super wet board. I go over the hand. I'm just like, what? I really think he's bluffing. I really think he's bluffing. Big spot, final table. Hero call with ace high. He turns over queen high and I turn over ace high. Just the sickest hero call. And it was almost like, I was so excited. Audibly out loud, I'm like, holy man, I'm so good. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm unbelievable, dude. I, was, I said it out loud almost in the moment. And then people laughed. And then I was like, I, yeah, I, you know, after emotions calmed down, I'm like, I'm sorry. That was a stupid thing to say. I was just really in the moment. You know what I mean? Like That's a young 20-year-old. I, I was such it. a punk, dude. I really was, you know. But I think, I think a little bit, I think a lot of people could use a little dose of arrogance. I, you know, the, the, the line between confidence and arrogance and delusion, it's all mixed up a little bit. A right. tiny bit of that secret sauce doesn't hurt. If you can wake up every morning and say, today I'm a savage, I'm going to accomplish this. And e- even if you're not, you know, just believing in that a little bit, I think can go a long ways for I sure. I love it. Oh, that's great. Good advice. Um, I got to ask also though, you've become well-known through your live success, through your online streams. Everyone, you know, the name Kevin Martin is no longer unfamiliar to people. Do you think or have you seen that people, whether it's live or online, play differently against you than before you became the big name player? On the stream, yeah, for sure. People people will play weird against streamers for sure. I think the other streamers can attest. If they know they're playing a streamer with a thousand viewers or whatever, you know, I've gotten hero called in some savage spots, I've gotten right. bluffed in some savage spots. Um and the other thing about streaming is is uh, credit to the people who do it. You're giving up a massive amount of EV. Mm-hmm. My online results are not great. They're all right. I'm happy with them. I'm beating the game, not by a big clip or whatever. But you know, all the streamers, I would say, if if everyone shut off the camera and didn't and just played, their online results would be better, especially in the high stakes. The people who stream high stakes are super savages, man. You're mm-hmm. giving out whole card information mm-hmm. to a small player pool, some amazing players who can take that information and exploit you. So right. um, if you're turning on the camera and playing on Twitch, you're definitely giving up some EV in your focus and your card information. But I mean, there's, you know, the fun of it all and building the community definitely outweighs that. Right. Um, yes, people will play. People will play differently against you if you're streaming on Twitch for sure. You'll see some 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 wild hands, some some saucy things. And, and in the live sense, also maybe they've seen you on Big Brother and they just you know want to knock you out. You got a bigger target on your back or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You'll have it'll go either way. There's two options. So during that live run, when I had a lot of momentum and a lot of success, there was two options. A lot of people just completely avoided playing hands versus me, which is kind of nice. I remember sometimes I would raise the button and they would just like not defend like 
<laughs> the big blind, you know, like a super premium defend. They would just fold and show face up, right. kind of inviting me to raise 100% of buttons. And then sure. there's the other end of it. There are some players that were sick uh, of my run and they're like, screw this kid, man. We're going to three bet him. We're going to go for him. <laughs> so there's, there's a polarization effect of like either people really avoided me or they, they doubled their attack versus me, you know? Right. Right. Well, you mentioned your, you know, your biggest, uh, most favorite poker memories, obviously you had the huge run. You did also have another milestone uh, this past summer. You played in the big 25 K event on GG poker. You didn't cash, but I wondering, well, I, that's, that's a big step to take. What, what sort of led to your decision? Okay, I'm going to take a shot here and play a 25K. And maybe you can describe how playing it and, and even busting out felt to you, if at all, different than other events that you played. Yeah, that was a special one, man. It, it was pretty cool to get in there. So uh, before the WSOP, again, that's that's where I'm at right now. My journey on Twitch, I went from a complete fish to an all right player. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And all right career is how I describe it. Okay. I want to become elite. That's the goal. And I might right. fail at that, but I'm going to do everything in my power to get there. Right. And a little bit of that is like, all right, let's really fire. So the WSOP, we gathered up a large bankroll. I think it was like 70, 70 grand. And I said, I am just going to fire away at the biggest, the hardest tournaments. And if we fall on our face, that's all right. So I played 5Ks, 2Ks, you know, 10Ks. We played, I didn't play 10K. I played the 25K, the 25K Players Championship. And boy, it was a litmus test. It was a little bit of a humbling lesson to be like, all right, man, these guys are in a different league. Mm. Dude, the 25K online, it's like you're playing against the poker Avengers, dude. It's like you're playing <laughs> man. They're unbelievable, dude. They're the best at the craft. Steven Chigwit, Ch- Chidwick, Adrian Mateos, right. you know, Dane Smith. You're playing all these killers. Justin Bonomo, Ben CB. I can't name them all. It's like, mm-hmm. holy moly, dude. These are the top 0.01% of poker players in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it was a really good litmus test. So I came away from that. I was like, yeah, all right. I, these guys are still light years away from me. And it was a good reminder of like, all right, if I want to get there, it's going to take, you know, potentially a couple of years of just like, Again, 10 hours a week of study, learning the GTO, learning how to use solvers. It's like, it's not, I'm not going to get there by accident. It's going to take some intense work. So it was a good litmus test. I've since adjusted down, gone back to a schedule that I think I can beat. Um, and it's a little lower stakes, but it was a good little couple months where I was firing pretty big. We had some good runs. We had some good results. I think I had nine WSOP caches, but we did take a pretty big L, of course, you know, and that's the other thing, dude. And that's, I was talking with Elliot Rowe. I was like, man, I, I, I took a pretty big L during the WSOP. He's like, dude, you play, you played a 25 K. What do you expect? Right. He's like, what do you expect, man? You're playing against the best of the business. He's like, use that and become better through it. Mm, I like that. And it is important, you know, everyone, you know, the famous uh, rounders thing, you know, you got to take, you know, build up that bankroll. You do have to take the shot. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm sure you don't have any regrets, you know, the L notwithstanding, you know, like I'm sure Zero. there are lessons to be learned from that, that, you know, again, you won't make certain mistakes again. And hopefully next time when you play the 25 K, whatever sort of star struckness or intimidation there might be, it's like, no, 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 I belong here. I can sit with these guys. hundred percent for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's the, yeah, that's the thing is uh, I, I mean, there's, if you're a poker player and that's your only source of income, you got to approach these, these things a little bit differently mm. for a lot of content creators. There's a little, you know, there's a lot of other sources of income. So you're allowed to take these shots. Um, 
yeah. So a lot of the people you see on Twitch, a lot of the top streamers are going to have different strategies. They're not going to grind out the bankroll. I always say, man, bankroll management is overrated, dude. It's so <laughs> lame. It's so boring. As long as you're a little bit conservative and you're all right, as long as, as I mean, there's a big difference between degenerate behavior. And I've seen that a lot of that too. I've had some really talented friends who just like, played blackjack i'm like man you're you should not be playing high stakes blackjack bro it's really not a good idea but it's it's like an addictive thing so there's been a lot of talent that hasn't been able to succeed because of that discipline but if you got that under control thankfully thankfully i've never really been a degen like that i like a little bit of gamble but you know whenever i call it neutral ev gambling me and my friends, if we're neutral EV gambling, essentially neutral EV gambling, no one has an edge. If you play a million coin flips, 50-50, at the end, the EV is neutral. Then the negative EV gambling, the blackjack table, the roulette, you know, the sports betting, you got to be careful with that stuff. I do it a little bit, but to a very small amount, $10 bets, $15 bets. It's If, if you're playing high stakes, negative EV gambling, <laughs> it's not setting yourself up for success. Sure. Um, but yeah, where was I going with that? We're kind of just talking about everything. Eh? No, that's fun, man. Robin, we got, yeah, it's good. I uh, enjoy then, it. Yeah, it's it's been really, really, really good. I, I've got to, I have to, I have to give you my story. Can I give you my little story though? Because like you just, I uh, would love to hear your story. Because because you're talking about like you know giving into you know, it's it's addicting. You know those games are tempting. That's why they have sure. all those games in the casino. And I will say also, and I'm sure a lot of members of the Cards Chat community can identify with this. Look, I play all year in my home games. And I try to build up that bankroll and I know I'm going to go to the Vegas during the summer and, you know, I'm going to work, but I play in my cash games and I enjoy it. And I know I'm there. If I'm playing, it should be poker only. But inevitably you're walking through the casino and you hear, you know, you see the lights and you got to play a little roulette. You got to play a little blackjack. I'm not going to go ahead and spew though. Like like, like you say, you got to give in a little, you got to scratch the itch a little play $10 blackjack, $20 hand of blackjack, put, you know, a 20 into the video poker machine. But just remember, everybody, if you've got your poker bankroll, save it for poker. I, I like that. So it's not necessarily get, uh, bankroll management as much as, you know, maybe degen management or something DGen like that. management. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Go ahead. You wanted to great, tell a story. Again, a great quote from Elliot. He's like, if mm. you're playing $5 blackjack, it's not an issue. He's like, but if ever – you play a hand of $200 blackjack, mm. you need to stop for the rest of your life is basically his take on it. <laughs> yeah. He, and he, he's, he's dealt with a lot of talented poker players who have like phoned him up at four in the morning. It's like, Hey Elliot, I just lost 300 K playing blackjack in the, <laughs> oh in Bellagio. You know what wow. I mean? So it's, it's wow. an interesting, uh, you gotta be very careful. My grandmother actually, um, my grandmother had a severe gambling addiction, severe, mm. severe, severe, severe. It's very, very sad. I've, I've always tried to be hyper aware of gambling addiction because it's devastating. You know, she, she drove her, her net worth to, to zero in the matter of a year of playing high stakes slots, um, which is really, really, really tragic. And, mm. and, you know, family members, Hey, grandma, stop doing this. Stop doing this. She just, she just couldn't pull back. Just got to be very careful with it. And so that's why when I went to my parents and told them I was going to be a professional poker player, they were very hesitant, very hesitant because right. my family had had a bad relationship with gambling to, due to my grandma. But thankfully, after you know, a little bit of success and you know, the Twitch stream and everything, they've, they've bought in and, and uh, been excited, you know? Right. And it's not like you just go show up to a slot machine and put a bill in or anything like that. You put in the work, you put in the time. And here's that question I had foreshadowed about the whole studying. You you mentioned how much you have been and continuously are 
working on your game. You mentioned you hired a coach to try and you know push yourself to that elite level. Um, I'm wondering though. So of course, there's you know recreational poker players out there. You know you can be recreational and also take your game seriously. No one wants yep. to lose, yep. right? What level of player would you recommend personal coaching to? Or would you say, you know what, up until you get to a certain level, it's fine. Just go ahead and take courses or, you know, enroll and, and get a membership with one of the poker training sites. Like, would, yeah. would you say it's, it's you know, stakes-based necessarily, or perhaps it's more, you know, how serious you want to take it based? I would say it's, it's, more, it's more per person. I would say the best value for your dollar is almost never going to be coaching. For a high percentage of players, I would not recommend coaching. Unless you're a doctor making 200K a year, you got a lot of money. If you want to get good really fast, coaching is going to accelerate that. But in terms of bang for the buck for most people, I would just go right to one of the training courses. You know, okay. um, I'm, you know I'm not going to completely sell out here, but a great option, uh, Learn Pro Poker, $30 okay. a month. $30 a month. Everyone can afford $30 a month. Take the content and study it and study it seriously. Because I poker, if you enjoy it as a recreational thing, I guarantee you, you're going to enjoy it more if you're beating the game. If you can increase your big blinds one per 100 hands, if you can gain some domination over the table and have a better strategic understanding, you're going to go from liking poker to loving it to potentially it could be your part-time income, you know? So I, I say it's kind of like the gym. It's kind of like the gym, right? You know, going to the gym, grinding out an hour. It's not really fun, but it's necessary for overall life happiness. Every other area of your life is going to be more efficient and happy if you go get physical exercise. Training and studying is like the gym for your poker brain. You yes. got to go work it out. If you just don't work out, you're not, don't expect good results if you're just showing up to play every day. It's interesting. In poker, I think a high, high percentage of your success is never determined while you play. I think you playing has very little to do with how your results are going to go. So yeah, if you're just starting out, you know, watching Twitch streams, watching YouTube videos, it's fun. It's entertainment. I definitely wouldn't classify that as study. Go, go get a 30 month, $30 subscription, test it out, watch a video. I always say, if you're just starting your studying journey, often it can be overwhelming. Use the pause button frequently, pause it. Hey, what concept did he just say? Right. Okay. See betting, you know, write it down. Why? And with my, uh, with my training, I watch lots of videos twice. So I have an hour with my coach. I tape it. I try to get all the information. I write notes. I let it sit. And two days later, I'll go back and watch it again, just to hammer in the concepts because uh, a really good understanding concept. If you, if you understand it once, you know, that can help you make a lot better decisions in the future. It's fun. Improving at a task in life is very, very, very fun. And, and poker is, you can have some pretty fast growth. Especially when you can win money at it. And that's also what we tell all of our listeners and those who are watching. Uh, you know, you got to watch it twice and listen to it twice every single episode. Uh, so, but I will say, you know, you didn't say I want to sell out. But first of all, it's not a sellout. If that's what you use, you absolutely yeah. should stump for it. And I, heard, you picked yeah. the right one. I got to tell you, Ryan LaPlante, Learn Pro Poker. Yeah. He's one of our Cards Chat ambassadors. So way to go. Good stuff. There you go. That <laughs> is stuff. a great option. Learn Pro Poker. Uh, very affordable. Yep. If you have a little bit more money, I would go right to Raise Your Edge, the masterclass. The rate, if you got a little bit of that bankroll, the Raise Your Edge masterclass is savage. I've done the class twice. Uh, it's really, really, really good. In my opinion, I think that's the best content on the internet for proving at poker. Um, but now that I've done that twice, that is when I would recommend personal coaching. That's what ah. I've done to myself. That's when it's time to get like 
let's go to the, the best of the best and, and, and try to continue our growth. Right. Well, and we got a few, the last uh, gear change that we've got here, we've got to ask a, a few, a little bit more personal questions. We know Kevin, I the streamer, to. we know Kevin, the poker player, and we'll get to, you know, who's Kevin, the person, and then we'll get to our wonderful uh, community questions uh, session before we end, uh, we end this wonderful hour, which again, I gotta say, really enjoying it. And like, as you uh, alluded to earlier, you know, all of that, uh, Twitter communication, email communication up until now. It's great to be speaking with you. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun for me too. So thank you, Kevin. Um, you mentioned- It's been really girl, good, dude. You mentioned your your girlfriend, Pilar. That's how you, how you pronounce her name, Pilar? Her, her official name is Pilar. She she doesn't like that name. She goes by okay. Peely. P-I-L-I, okay. Peely. Yeah. Okay. So your girlfriend, Peely. She's yes. obviously a huge part of, of your life and you guys Maybe. recently moved into a new house together. Congratulations. Um, thank you besides just sort of reading you on and having someone, you know, you can give the big hug, you know, after you win, what sort of influence has she had on your game? Uh, she's just, she's, she's always there just to cheer me up. You know, she actually knows very little about poker. She's a, a personal trainer. She, speaking of savage, she's savage in a different way. She just uh-huh. works out three hours a day. Wow. She, you know, has a lower body fat percentage than me. She, she's a full-time personal trainer. Her career is doing really well. And I'm really happy it's a different career than poker. So mm-hmm. we both work from home. I work in this office, grinding it out. And then she's upstairs in her office. We get to see each other all the time. It's, we're really, it's really nice. It's really helped our relationship, both working from home. We get to chat a lot more. And the thing is, she just, she just helps me take L's. Hmm. You know, you know, young 20-year-old, 21-year-old Kevin Martin, when he lost a big spot, it really hurt, dude. It really hurt. And that's like something that I've improved myself now that I'm 27 is, is I, can, I, I don't look out for failure. I don't look for failure. I don't seek it out, but when it happens, I'm, I'm, I've gotten much better at saying that happens. You're going to take L's, come back stronger the next day. Mm-hmm. There's a great book I read this summer talking about mindset. They've done intense studies on mindset and how people succeed in different fields. The people that rise to the top constantly are the people who don't look at results based on white and black. They say, right. okay, this is what happened. You know, I failed my test. What can I do to pass it the next time? You know, it's really hard. A lot of, you know, failure is tough. Getting rejected, getting, you know, losing in a big moment. Um, it, it, it can hurt sometimes. So Peely's just always there to come for me. She's always able to pick me up. You know, at, at those, uh, those final tables in the Calgary events, mm-hmm. those are 14-hour days, sometimes 16-hour mm. days. Brutal. She'd bring me my toothbrush. She'd bring me like a face <laughs> I was trying to optimize my breaks. I'd go brush my teeth on break, wipe my face or whatever. She'd nice. always just like cheer me up. She's she's uh, she's the best, man. I'm so lucky. She's amazing. That's wonderful. And I got to say, old 39-year-old Robbie still thinks that Kevin, 27-year-old Kevin is pretty young. So you're doing fine. <laughs> um, obviously, you're a very positive person. You know, smile is ever-present on your face. For sure. But you are human. You are human. And even on all of our, our wonderful, happy Cards Chat community, we can all get tilted. Even Kevin Martin can get tilted sometimes. Is there maybe a story that you could share about one time where you just like absolutely lost it? Maybe, I don't know if you're not proud of it, but some, you know, something to sort of prove to us, okay, even smiling Kevin has his moments. Oh, yeah. So this is one of my favorites. Uh, so it comes with a little, like, again, insecurities. I used to be really scared to fail mm. back when I first started streaming in 2016, 
Um, I remember this very distinctly. I was deep in a spot in, online. And when you stream, you're on a delay, right? You're on a three-minute right. delay. I played a hand so badly at the final two tables. I think it was ace-king. I misclicked, and then I made a further mistake. It was just beyond embarrassing. I didn't want the world to see it. So I misplayed this hand. It's on a three-minute delay, so it hasn't been out to the internet. I said, fuck that. Uh, I don't want the world to see this. I reached over, and I just shut off the power bar on my computer. I just shut it off. Everything went blank. I restarted it. I came back and I loaded up the stream and I was just like, sorry guys. Sorry guys. Power went out. Sorry. I lost a few chips. Power went out. We're back. And that, that I really laugh at myself because now when I punt on Twitch, I like, I'm kind of excited for the punt to get out into the world. And, you know, recently I had a bit of a hand that went, got a little bit of attention where I we'll turned get there. We'll get there. Turned the nut straight and I just didn't see it and I check folded. And that's hilarious. Now I actually like find that hilarious when, when I make a mistake. But old Kevin used to be very, very, very afraid. <laughs> we, we, also, we another yeah. uh-huh. another little shout out. If, if your mental game is huge, man. If, if you're struggling with a you know, mental game, the free app, free app, Primed Mind. It is yep. not a joke. This thing is very powerful. Before your session... Put on your headphones, play a 10-minute meditation, gather yourself. I, I think it's really, really key. If you just cold jump into a tournament session, you're not going to be mentally prepared to deal with some bad beats because poker is savage, man. My poker, my brother plays recreationally. He's not a pro. He just plays for fun. He texts me all the time. He's like, I don't know how you do this. How do you take these beats? You know, because you can get in such high equity spots where you just like lose a $10,000 pot deep in a tournament. And you're just like, well, I got it in good. That's what happens. Right. Um, it's an right. intense mental game. Working on your mental game can, can pay off dividends. Right. And of course, you know, prime mind, uh, shout out once again to Elliot Rowe and Fader Holt. It's yeah. a joint project of theirs. Uh, love it. It's, it's, uh, it's good. Great answers. Uh, and Kevin, you know, we, we don't really do controversy or anything like that here on the Cards Chat podcast. But Let's a little bit. Let's talk controversy. Well, just one. Just one. And, and social media, as we know, it can be a trap for controversy, for hot takes. And recently you found yourself embroiled in your own stating that not only does McDonald's have the best French fries, but the best coffee as well. Explain yourself. I, it might be, yeah, I, that got a lot of heat. I got a lot of hate for that. I was tweeting my favorite <laughs> fast food and McDonald's in Canada, at least. I don't know if it's different brand in Canada. If you want a hot coffee, McDonald's, in my opinion, is the best stop. Uh, it's it's an interesting Dude, it's trash, man. It's trash, and it hurts me. So we we don't we could go on a rabbit hole here. Really summed up, Tim Hortons coffee that used to be very popular about 2013. That brand of coffee being actually got bought out by McDonald's. So the McDonald's uh-huh. in Canada now is the ex Tim Hortons coffee, and the crap that Tim Hortons sells is not worth anything. Okay. Tim Hortons, man, has been a beloved Canadian brand that has fallen apart in front of your eyes, and it's devastating. I hear that. Well, definitely uh, shooting the fire there. And as someone who's never had a sip of coffee in his life, I have no opinion on the matter, but I've heard of Tim Hortons and McDonald's coffee. Wait, you've, and you've never had coffee? I'm trying to win a bet, like I like to say, but no, I've never, never had a sip of coffee in my life. This wow. is all natural energy, guys. 
I respect that. Okay. I mean, that's why the the skin's looking good still. Everything's going well. That's because I got good lighting. That's all. That's what it's it's all about. And and a good wife and kids. Uh, But it's not about me. It's about you and all of our Card Chat community members. They were kind enough. A bunch of them put together questions for you. And just a reminder to everybody, there is a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forum where we do announce who our guests are going to be. And you can submit your questions. We've got a number of questions and we'll try to run through them quickly as we uh, start to wrap up the show here. Kevin, are you ready? Let's do it. I'm excited to see how tough is the Cards Chat community? We'll find out. Are they going to bring some fire here? Okay. So the first question from Belladonna05. Kevin, how often do you fold the best hand on the turn? <laughs> more than I would like to admit. More than I would like to admit, for sure. <laughs> we had to leave with that. With that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, do you have any tips, also from Belladonna05, do you have any tips for Among Us noobs? Among Us noobs. Go to your desktop, right-click, uninstall, go do something productive. productive. Just kidding. It's an addictive game, man. I played it twice, and I was like, I understand. I could be a 1,000 hours in. I was like, I just I can't do it right now. I can't get into it. There's too much going on. It's very addictive. It's a very well-made game. I say that uh, my eight-year-old and my 10-year-old love the game as well. And I can, and I've can i never played it, but, you know, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Interesting tip. So thank you very much for answering Belladonna05's question. Um, our next question from the community is from Shells, who's been very active. And thank you so much for putting forth some great questions for all of our guests on these recent episodes. Uh, Shells asks, which tournament win could you compare to your Big Brother Canada win? Oh, that's kind of a fun little. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a fun little uh, question. Oh my goodness! I mean, the Big Brother Canada win was uh, unique in itself. That was pretty sweet. Uh, tell you what, tell you what, I'll, I'm going to go to my uh, uh, my biggest online score. Ooh. I got second. I chopped up the twenty-two dollar uh, mini million on Poker Stars for like twenty-two grand. Young Kevin chopped it up. Big increase to my net worth. And uh, I was just at a time in my life where, again, I was putting a lot of work into the game, and that was a really nice result. So it kind of feels similar with uh, with Big Brother. It was just like a really satisfying, clean result that I'll always think of very happily. Nice. Good answer. Uh, on to our next question. This one is from Poker Mike. Thank you, Poker Mike. What is your favorite poker game and why? And which of the games that you play have you found to be most profitable? Yeah, I mean, I've just, I've really done very little besides no limit. All mm. my play, all my focus. You know, um, I, I've I've always looked at PLO as a special saucy game. I, I say if 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 streaming wasn't an option, I think with streaming success you can find some success, but you're going to find more success with no limit hold'em in terms of numbers, viewerships, no limit hold'em tournaments is really what's going to get the most viewers because it's a no limit home terms are a really good form of storytelling. You get the start, you get the middle, you get the end, you get the final table, you potentially get that big payoff. Right. Um, but if, if streaming was not a thing, if there was no content creation, right. I think go right to PLO. I think there's, especially in Calgary, there's some good PLO games. I think people crush PLO. Uh, you know, there's a lot of variance, but I think if you're playing good PLO, I've seen right. some sick, sick PLO graphs where people just, just dominate. So, uh, but yeah, right now I'm just, just all in, all in on no limit hold'em. Okay, that's fair. And maybe uh, later on, uh, you know, we'll become a 39-year-old Kevin Martin. You'll be uh, dominating the great game 
of PLO perhaps uh, in a decade's time. Um, our final uh, community member who sent in a couple questions here, Acid Burn FX. Thank you very much. Got two questions here. There's a bit of a of a generic one, uh, but I'd, I'd like to see how you answer this one, Kevin. What does it take to become a better poker player? Yeah, what does it take to become a bit? Just the one word: discipline. Discipline. Mm. Discipline and ability to recognize that uh, you make mistakes every time you load up a session. You know, even if you have a good session, it's easy to think, oh, wow, I played really well today. You still got to go find where you make mistakes. Discipline, you know, in a world where our attention is so, you know, if you guys have recently watched The Social Dilemma, we are in a massive attention economy. Everything is fighting for your attention, your relationships, your phone, social media. It's all buying for your attention. So to sit down and to, to study poker for 45 minutes is very, very difficult, but it's what is required to do to get better and uh, improve your skill. Good answer. Good answer. And final question, also from Acid Burn FX. This is an interesting one. Uh, and I didn't see this, so um, it's a very interesting question here. During a broadcast on Twitch recently, you tried to jump your chair what yep. was the purpose of this? And also, is that quality fundamental to becoming a better poker player? <laughs> the vertical leap? I don't think there's any coordination between pure vertical leap and poker skill. That would be interesting. Uh, you know, if like Fader Holtz has a 40-inch vertical or something. Uh, yeah, it was just exciting, man. We we're on a big final table. I tried to jump my chair. It looked like my testicles hit the chair, but it was actually the left buttocks. So the boys remained intact. And uh, yeah, we do weird things on Twitch, man. I get amped up in certain moments, and uh, next time we'll hopefully we'll we'll get a, a better leap and clear it clear. But still, no injury was sustained, and it was a, a very fun clip we'll have forever. Well, I can say exactly the same thing about this show. No injury was sustained, and it's a clip that you guys will have forever here on yeah. Cards Chat. I want to thank everyone who sent in questions for Kevin Martin. And again, a friendly reminder to all of you out there in the community. We want to see you submit your questions, so go ahead and visit that uh, dedicated thread that we've got on the forums that you can send in your questions to future podcast guests. Uh, before we go, Kevin, anything else you'd like to tell our listeners and our viewers? Robbie, this was really fun, man. This was a good time. Thank you for bringing the energy. We chatted about everything and everything. This was really good. I uh, wish everyone a good end to the 2020. You know, there's still a lot going on, and this is kind of an unprecedented time in the world, but I think we're going to be all right. I think I think things can pan out, and, and hopefully 2020 uh, will be a year to remember where humanity made a, a sharp turn for the better. That'll be nice. I love it. Love those positive sentiments. Everyone, don't forget to give us a good review on iTunes. Spread the word about the Cards Chat podcast on your social media channels if you like the show. Kevin, again, uh, Kevin Martin, thank you very much. Really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you all for tuning in once again to another episode of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.